Good morning. You may remain standing for the reading of the Word. Welcome to Park City's Presbyterian this morning. It's a quiet group. And you won't be standing long because our text is one single verse. In fact, it's in the middle of a sentence. 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. The Word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. The heartbeat of our faith is that we are in a personal relationship with a personal God. We study theology and doctrine and we try to understand the plan of salvation and we struggle with the whole list of strong exhortations and commandments and ethical living. But sometimes we need to return to the simplest and most basic truth, precious truth of our faith. And that is that God, God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, creator of all things, provident over all things, cares for us. We think of the commandments of God. We think of the righteousness and the holiness of God. God's enforcing agency. God's marvelous grace in providing a son who would substitute for us when we fail. He will succeed. When we break the covenant, He keeps the covenant. When we fall, He rises again. And all this takes place because God, the infinite God of the universe, cares for us. I sought to illustrate this particular truth and perhaps explicate it a little bit. And I find no better place than to go back into the Old Testament to a small portion of Scripture found in Psalm 94. Psalm 94, verse 17. This is the testimony of King David. Now the passage here, the entire passage, is uh, one of those imprecative psalms. In other words, he's lashing out against the enemies that he has and the trouble that these enemies have caused him and all kinds of issues and all kinds of difficulties that, that David's enemies have brought upon him. And he calls upon God to vindicate him and to deal with those enemies. But in the midst of all of that prayer there in Psalm 94 is a core testimony. And I believe it should be our testimony. Let me read a couple of verses. Verse 17, 
If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would soon have lived in the land of silence. When I thought, my foot slips, your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. In three short verses, David confesses to us his relationship with the Lord. It is one of help. It is one of care and concern. No matter what has befallen David and no matter what befalls us, we always must remember the Lord cares. He said, "The Lord, if the Lord had not been my help, my soul would have lived in the land of silence. Some have interpreted the land of silence to be my soul would have died. I would have gone to the land of silence where there's no speaking, there's no hearing, there's nothing. And that well may be the sense of it, but there's also a sense in which if the Lord had not been my help, I would have been in silence. There would have been no one else to speak up for me. I would have been like Jesus was before Pilate, quiet and silent. And there was none to come to his defense. There was none to speak up for him. There was, there was as David cried out in another place, no man cared for my soul. What an awful place to be in, to have no one to care. But the assurance that comes to us this morning is that our God cares. The verse says, cast your anxieties upon Him, for He cares for you. The authorized version would just translate anxieties, cares, so it became a little bit alliterative and consistent. Cast your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. This morning we look at the, the reasoning, the because. We cast our cares on Him. We'll talk a little bit about anxiety and and uh, casting our cares upon the Lord next Sunday. But today, I just want us to pause for a moment and lay the foundation. The reason we are able to cast our cares upon Him is because we know He cares. We know He cares. And if it had not been for the Lord's help, we would have had no one to come alongside, no advocate, no helper, no comfort, the Lord is described in this particular verse as a helper. That is precisely the language that Jesus uses to His disciples in His teaching and praying about the Spirit who is a helper. The Holy Spirit comes to be a helper because He cares for us. He has imparted to us and given to us His Spirit to be our help in the day of trouble. When I thought my foot slips. This is David's own recognition of his frailty, his aptness to fall. That's a good place to be in a place where we recognize that our foot slips, that we can fall and we can stumble. 
And we can do it at any time. And sadly, we often slip and fall. I thought when that happens, when my foot slips, what do I have to steady me? I have something steadfast. Your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. Here's a man that had confidence in the Lord. Here's a man that knew the Lord, not just in his attributes of greatness and glory and majesty, but he knew the Lord in that intimacy of the Lord as his personal help, his personal Savior. Someone who is there with him to help. And that's what, what uh, the next little verse says. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. When the cares of my heart are many. Have you ever had the experience where you get one thing on your mind or you have one issue in your life or you have one big problem that looms in front of you and it seems to cloud everything else and it completely dominates your thinking and your, and your planning and, and it, it affects every area of your life and relationships even? Well, what happens when there's more than one? When they begin to pile up, as they say, when it rains, it pours. I've noticed that in, in pastoral ministry. If someone has a real difficult time in their life, sometimes two or three things happen at once. If they have a serious illness in the family, they turn around and someone dies. I've seen this. I've seen multiple cares where it just seems like they cannot get away from the afflictions and the sorrows and the cares and the anxieties of life. When they pile up, here's what David said, your consolations cheer my soul. Earlier in that same text, he said, for the Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage. The Lord cares for us. He cares for us entirely our whole soul, our whole welfare. He wants us to be well, to prosper, to be in health, to be upright and to be productive. He cares for us exclusively. It is His people that the Lord is concerned with constantly. If we have Him, we have a caring God. And He cares for us eternally. The Bible says He never leaves us and never forsakes us. Now I thought, how can I illustrate this from Scripture? And I love that which is unlikely, a little bit ironic, maybe a little exceptional. And you know the story well. Let me just briefly tell it to you and show you something that's just incredible. Remember Abraham and Sarah back in the book of Genesis, the father of our faith? God had made a promise, an outrageous promise to this elderly couple that they were going to have 
a child and they were going to be parents of many nations. And uh, after a while, Sarah realized that this is looking less likely every day. And so she came up with the recommendation that Abraham, her husband, should take Sarah's servant, Hagar, an Egyptian woman, no doubt younger, no doubt beautiful, childbearing age, that Abraham should take her as a wife and start that family that the Lord had promised they were going to have. And this is precisely what Abraham did. And when Hagar found herself with child, the scripture says that she looked with contempt upon her mistress. She began to realize that she had a priority in the family. She had been a lowly handmaiden, but now she was bearing the heir of the Abrahamic fortune. And Sarah didn't look so imposing and Sarah didn't look so important. And Sarah takes her case to Abraham and Abraham says, she's your servant, do what you want to. Abraham said to Sarah, behold, your servant it is your power, do to her as you please. And the scripture says, then Sarah dealt harshly with Hagar and Hagar fled. And the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said to her, Hagar, servant of Sarah, where are you? Where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I'm fleeing from my mistress, Sarah. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that you cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael. If there ever was a woman that was out of the will of God, it was Hagar. If there ever was somebody that lived a lot carnal life, it was Hagar. If there's ever one, anyone that had lost faith, it was Hagar in this relationship. And in a sense, if you think of it retrospectively, as we now know, if there's anybody that should have been cast out, it was Hagar. Let me put it this way. If there's anyone the Lord should not care for, it was Hagar. Hagar was a reproach. Hagar was a deviation in the will and the plan of God. But notice what happens. The Lord found her. By the way, by spring of water, and then later when she was cast out, she's by well of water. There's something about a woman at a well in the Bible that sort of perks your interest. If there ever was a woman that shouldn't be cared for, it was the woman of Samaria. But God cared for Sarah. 
And he came to her by way of the angel and he comforted her and he gave her perspective and he gave her hope and he gave her life meaning and reason and told her who she would be and God's purposes. She would be the mother of a child who would be a father of many nations, not just one, but many nations. Ishmael had 12 sons, by the way. But notice what she did. The angel had told her, said, Behold, you are pregnant and you shall bear a son. And the angel, just like in the case of the angel talking to Joseph about naming Jesus and, and, and naming all the, the, the little babies that we find in the Bible, coughed and the Lord will tell them what their name's going to be. And he said, You shall call his name Ishmael. What does Ishmael mean? Well, it says so in the very next verse. Because the Lord has listened to your affliction. God hears. Hagar was cared for by the Lord. He talks a little bit about Hagar's life. And so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, you are a God of seeing. Hagar now confesses her faith in the Lord God and makes the observation that you are a God who sees, you're a God who looks, you're a God who cares, you're a God who does not forget. You are a God who pays attention to the humblest and the vilest of your servants. Hagar said, truly here I have seen him who looks after me. The Lord cares. He cared for Hagar of all the people. And if we wanted to continue the story a little later on, as you know, when Isaac was born, then Sarah once again had a dilemma as to what to do with Hagar and the young child Ishmael. And the Bible says Abraham loved Ishmael. And he said, oh, that Ishmael would live before the Lord. He wanted Ishmael to be that seed. But when the God kept his promise, and Isaac was born, the child of the true promise, the true child of the, the promise, the seed of the woman that God had promised. What should we do? And Hagar, this time, does not find favor. She is kicked out. She fled the first time and then the angel talked her into going back and staying there with Sarah. But this time she was kicked out and the child grew and was weaned and Abraham made a great feast. This is, this is uh, talking about uh, Isaac. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian whom she had born to Abraham laughing. So he said to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her son for the son of this slave woman shall not be heir with my son. And the thing was very displeasing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be displeased because of the boy and because of the slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you. For through Isaac shall your offspring be named. And so he cast her out. He rose early in the morning, took bread, skin of water, gave it to Hagar, put it in her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba, which is the wilderness south of the, uh, the Holy Land there in that area. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the child under one of the bushes 
Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off about the distance of a bow shot. And she said, let me not look on the death of my child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. Now listen to this. God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the boy. Up, lift the boy, hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Then the Lord opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. Except the Lord had helped her, she would not have made it. And God was with the boy. And he grew. I'm just thinking that if God cares that much about Hagar and Ishmael, he cares for all of us. Paul says in Romans, in the midst of his great gospel exposition, he said, the father did not spare the son, but gave him up for his all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? That is the focus of the caring of God is this gift of his son, Jesus Christ. And with him, with Christ, Christ comes bearing all the gifts. Concomitant with Christ are all the gifts that God has for us. God has given His Son, and he that hath the Son hath life. And in Christ, we have received the bounty, the water, the living water from the wells of salvation. All the care and the concern. If you receive Christ, you have it all. God loves you this morning. He cares for you no matter how far you strayed from Him. No matter where you may be. No matter what kind of plight you find yourself. Your foot may have slipped. You may have no one else to advocate for you. You may live in a world of silence. You may be weighed down with multiple compounding and cares and anxieties. That doesn't phase God. He cares. 